We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, December 15th, 2017. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train-Kreitz. You can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. You know that this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You can also listen and download directly on the rotowire.com website itself. Quick overview of today's pod. Shannon saw Star Wars last night, so I'm going to keep this I'm going to try to keep the train on the tracks and talk about fantasy basketball, but who knows? There no could, spoilers. There may no or may spoilers. not be spoilers. I'm just going to set the tone right away. Nah, nah, I'm not going to spoil anything. I, w- I won't even talk about it. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know if you even want to hold yourself to that, but we're going to go over top news. Then we're going to go into our broad topic of the day. At some point on this Friday, Nick Whalen, Rotowire's NBA editor, will be publishing an NBA roundtable with a bunch of NBA folks here at Rotowire. So we're going to go over one, maybe two of those questions 
questions and teased it a little bit, but by the time you're hearing this podcast, it may already be live on the RotoWire website, so check it out. Um, we will be talking about one player you hope gets traded away before the deadline for fantasy reasons, either to get him to a better situation or clear the way for someone else. Then we'll roll into Ken's old man rants and finish up with um, some Friday fan duel picks. Do you want to give just just talk about Star Wars for a little bit? Let's just get it out of your system. Um, I mean it's it's much better than the prequels, um, which I think That's everyone everyone knows that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're a Star Wars fan, you have to see it, and and there's tons of Star Wars fans out there, so it's great. I loved it. Expert analysis from Shannon. You've, you've literally talked about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And no spoilers, DJ. It's the no spoiler approach. He can't. Okay. If he says anything specific at all, I'll be angry. All right. Because yeah. you're seeing it tonight, right, Ken? That's right. And you too, right? You and your new lovely fiance? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, I'll see it at some point. I'm not really too concerned about when I see it. Yeah, half of my t-shirts are Star Wars t-shirts. That's true. So. I can my daughter, my daughter for Halloween made an entire Ray costume for herself, head to toe, including her own seven foot staff that she made out of PVC piping, leather, and fifteen layers of spray paint. Sounds like a good Vermont girl, there, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. All right, Ken, lead us in some top news. Yes, then. let's dive into the news. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna on purpose put one of last night's game more on the back burner because it's already getting way too much attention. So let's start in New York. We had the Knicks-Nets showdown, but Perzingis, the unicorn, had to leave due to a knee injury, did not return. Later, he did say, thank goodness, that he's confident it's not too serious, per Mark Berman of the New York Post. He is questionable for Saturday's game. Also in this game, Jaleel Okafor uh, didn't play yet again for the Nets. That's his second DNP. Gentlemen, thoughts on the Knicks or Nets? I'm a little bit concerned if I'm a Porzingis owner, and I am. I have a little bit of exposure to him across all my leagues and formats. Not for this one particular injury, but just based on the fact that he's only, you know, I mean, he's still a really young uh, player in his third year. He's just never had to play this many minutes, and he's never had this type of pressure and workload uh, on his back before. And I'm fully expecting him to kind of break down or slow down at some point this season. It's only natural. Not until you're in your you know fifth, sixth, seventh years do I really expect your superstar players be, to be able to perform night in, night out. Love Porzingis, think he's you know part of the the bright future of the NBA, but I'm fully expecting him to slow down at some point. Shannon, the, my main concern with Porzingis, and, and right now the Knicks are 15 and 13, so you don't really have to worry about this immediately. But if if they start losing more, yeah. and then he has all these ticky tack. Um, injuries, these smaller injuries, are they going to start airing on the side of caution more in the second half of the season? If assuming they fall out of the playoff race, which I, I could it, totally it helps see. they're in the East, helps yes. they're in the East. It does, but I, I could see that scenario um, become realistic. So I, I'm not there yet. Um, I think right now, even some of the injuries that that he set out for. If he were a little bit more established, if he weren't so young and such a big part of their future, they probably wouldn't be so cautious with him. So right right now, I don't think there's much to worry about. So last week or two weeks ago, maybe, um, we talked about how much fab budget you should spend on Okafor. You were pretty adamant that you know throwing down half of whatever fab you had left seemed like a reasonable idea. Um, we're seeing two DNP CDs, like, like Ken just kind of told us. 
Are you willing to back off of that? Do you think they're just waiting to get him, you know, ingrained in whatever type of, you know, plays they run there in Brooklyn or what's, what's going on in your eyes as somebody who in theory spent half your fab on this guy? I, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, once he has a little bit of time to practice with his new teammates, the coach gets a chance to actually game plan with him involved. You know, he's not just unleashing him, which is fine. I get that. I still think he's going to carve out a pretty significant role on this team. So I'm not that worried about it. If he gets 25, 26 minutes per game, he could have v- pretty, pretty uh, solid fantasy contribution. So, Ken, feel free to disagree e- e- with me. D- well, I was just going to say each DNP he gets adds to my concern that he's just not a good fit for a team that loves to push the pace. Well, their, their depth at center is terrible, but I want to know if Okafor can be in a push the pace offense. That that's certainly fair, right? And I think that's why it's actually wise of what Brooklyn is doing right now. Um, and they're just really, really strategically trying to figure out. I'm assuming how to best fit Okafor into their system, into any system, and just throwing him out there on the first night, second night that he's with the team. If he gets kind of like lambasted, his over under isn't good, or plus minus, excuse me, isn't good, or you know, um, he gets dunked on or something like that, then you're already setting a bad tone for the rest of his Brooklyn tenure. So I'm assuming that they're just they're scheming a little bit before they throw him out there. So I think I like the approach so far. That said, if he's gonna rack up three, four, five, six more DNPs, then um, obviously. Maybe Brooklyn or, you know, the teams involved uh, did not view Okafor as the pillar of that trade whatsoever. And it was a second round pick, maybe, that was actually the biggest piece of that whole trade. I saw some people on Twitter joking about, gee, maybe they really did just do this with the second round pick. Um, You know, remember also, it's not necessarily in the Nets' best interest for him to play great because they can only afford to give him a one year six mil offer, 6.3. I don't know. There's so many games left, but, uh, but he, they want, it's almost like they want him to play well, but not too well. If he plays well, they could flip him for additional assets before the trade deadline. Before the trade so, it's yeah. just, I, but what's the market for that? Any team or in the Playoff league could have had Okafor at any point earlier this season. The, the, you create the market over the course of the next month and a half. It could happen. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going well, to. That's interesting. That, that's, if he gets out there and is productive enough, I mean, he's basically been absent from from NBA floors for a year plus. So you're saying that like Philly just doesn't have the team dynamic because their their ceiling is too high this season. But Brooklyn just you know it can basically serve as a farm system and you know accrue assets and and play him just to raise his trade value. Obviously, yeah. Okay. Look at who they're running. Tyler Zeller out there as a starting member right now. I mean, they they certainly can do that. Well, the question right now is like, is Tyler Zeller more inapplicable <laughs> NBA center today than Okafor and like? I think the question right now is Zeller until we see Okafor on the court, I guess. No, mm. he's not. I'm. Yeah, I mean. Mm. I think they should trade for Cody Zeller and then substitute I, the honestly, two for each other just, he, and just see probably, if anyone notices. He's probably logged a couple of practices so far. Sure. The, coach is, the coach has come out and said he's not just going to throw him in there. He needs to teach him the system. He needs to adapt the system to fit mm-hmm. Okafor better. So everything I've, I've heard out of Kenny Atkinson, I've been Atkinson. encouraged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He also said uh, – they have to earn their minutes, yes. and whether that's a motivational ploy or just buying some time. That, we'll that's see. part of it. How is he going to earn it through practice? You know, I mean, he's you need time. It's only been a week. He's only been with the team for five or six days. Sure. So I'm, I'm maybe Zeller's owning him. Maybe Zeller is owning him in practice. Well, the one thing that we haven't <laughs> talked about this week, we did talk about last week, is it was kind of rumored that he was 
Okafor was just out of basketball shape because he just hasn't played, hadn't had a reason to play or be ready. So maybe that's part of it too, where he's just kind of getting into basketball shape. But it's certainly an interesting situation to monitor out in New York. Let's move to the Midwest, gentlemen, where, don't look now, your Chicago Bulls have won four straight since Nikola Mirotic rejoined the lineup. Will GM Gar Foreman punch Miritich if they win two more? It's a jump start to their season. I don't know. This Bulls team is bad. I mean, I, I every NBA team is talented enough to go on a four-game run. I'm not willing to say they're turning around their season by any means or anything like that. You mess um, up the whole tanking. That's That was the what? implied joke there on my foreman. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was good. <laughs> Maybe they'll give Portis an award. He'll be like right. the uh, MVP of the team ear. Go by take the him out of the year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so, three, three uh, of the four... Nope. Three of the four wins were at home. You had a Celtics team that sat. That was the game Kyrie Irving sat, I believe. Yeah. Um, and trip. maybe even did Horford sit that game too? Um, Still impressive. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It, but yeah, they, haven't, they haven't beat Horford great point. teams because it wasn't a full-strength Celtics team. Um, but but it's not just Miritich. You also have Chris Dunn's really coming into his own. He's looked really well. He's played really well. DJ, you have I to know. admit it. I know. I just well, you're going to take yes. every opportunity to bring it up as soon as he goes on. The, the shooting's not run. quite there though. The shooting percentage still a bit of an issue, but he is playing very well. Otherwise, yeah, I I think it's just you know NBA teams go on three four game runs, even the worst NBA teams. And Shannon's right. You look at the teams they played. They were either not at full strength or they're just bad teams altogether. So I, I mean, I'll just keep passing on the Bulls for now. All right. Well, if that's it for Bulls thoughts, then let's move on inevitably to the game everyone's talking about. Uh, Lakers, Cavaliers, Cavs coming to Los Angeles, win by nine. LeBron with another amazing triple-double, 25, 12, and 12, two steals, two blocks. Uh, Ball, close to triple-double himself with 13, 8, and 11. The two chatted briefly at the end of the game with LeBron covering up his jersey. A lot of jokes on Twitter. What do you two think? That LeBron said to Ball. Hey, man, good game. We'll see you again later this year. Keep your head down. Keep working. But keep, I think he said keep your head up. I just I, I think he said you're doing good. Keep it up. It's a struggle. Um, and just encouraged him. It was just words of encouragement. Yeah. That's all I believe. That's so, you don't think he said tell your old man to shut the hell up? No. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, we don't give NBA players and athletes enough credit, right? They're smart. They know that when they do something like this, they're just, you know, adding fuel to the fire, right? Le- LeBron's not an idiot. He's actually incredibly smart. And so it probably was no different than anything he says to any young player at the end of games and just simply grabbing his jersey and putting it over his mouth um, just like, you know, drives people crazy, and, and and I think he's just playing games. And he didn't and say I'm coming to Los Angeles. He didn't say I'm coming to LA. Of course not. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous that people. I'm would just even reiterating think that. the no. fun Twitter jokes because we need to have an entertaining show. He just said, "Keep it up, man. I, I've seen what you're doing, and uh, just keep at it." And that's it. That's all he said. Exactly. I think he said, "Dwayne Wade's an old man, and I, an albatross around my neck." Well, here's the thing that I would like to talk about because let's just put away all the, you know, what did he say afterwards and whatnot. Um, There's lots of good internet memes, like you said, Ken, about what he did or did not say. I don't think Lonzo Ball wants LeBron James to come to L.A. because Lonzo Ball would not be on the court if LeBron James was on his same team. There's just no reason. It's not true. They would both be on the court. They play different positions. 
I know like, they play different positions, but they do the same thing. They both handle the ball. You're not going to put Lonzo Ball on the, on the wing to catch and shoot three pointers, right? I mean, we we all know that that's not his game. He's most effective when he's handling the ball. Otherwise, you're just going to bring in somebody like a J.R. Smith, uh, you know, anybody that is just a reliable three point shooter and can play defense. Like that's what LeBron needs around him. I mean, look at the Cavs and you know the teams they've had in the past: Ray Allen's, James Jones. Kyle Corvers, J.R. Smiths. Yes, Ball needs to work on his shooting, and, and he, will, he will improve. His shooting will improve as, as his career progresses. Um, but he's a good teammate, and I think anytime you watch the Lakers, you can see what he does on, sure. on the floor, even when he doesn't have the ball in his hands or if he touches it briefly. Kind of like LeBron. like He impacts the game even when he's not dominating the ball. Um, so I, I don't agree with any of that. I mean, I think they would play. I think it would be really interesting, interesting to see him on the court together. The only question about whether or not LeBron would go to the Lakers is would the Lake, would that make the Lakers, would that put them over the edge? Would that make them ready? Yes. Or would it still be sure. you know, a, a building? The three process? of us, LeBron and an NBA player would, would make, would, would be a legitimate playoff team. Yeah, you have LeBron. You have LeBron and one other star. Like if Paul George or somebody else went there, and then you have the young core they have. They they'd look damn good. You could have added LeBron to any team over the last six or seven years, and they would right. have been a playoff team, championship exactly. contender. Obviously not. Um, but any team over the last, I mean, go back in time as far as you want to. He he's he's just the man. He would have done it. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I love 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 the idea of having two ball handlers on the court. But I, I think that gets teams in trouble today um, if you have two players that really can't shoot well from beyond the arc. Granted, you know, I'm I'm the first one there to give rookies a couple years before I'm going to judge them too harshly. So I would love to see LeBron in LA just to shake things up. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if Lon. Lonzo fits in with the prototypical ancillary player to LeBron James, at least in his current rookie form right now. All right, that that long pause was Shannon and I deciding if we were going to make a ball handling joke, but we will move on. Nice. (laughs) Nikola Jokic, not listed, thank goodness, on Denver's injury report. The assumption being he will play and start. Though uh, it was said he might come off the bench Wednesday, so that could still be the approach, maybe coming off the bench. But anyway, he is expected to play tonight versus the New Orleans Pelicans Twin Towers. He has missed seven games. Should we even be considering Jokic for DFS tonight, gentlemen? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I I mean, I'm not going to roll him out there because... He, I could see him easily having his minutes depressed a little bit, you know, maybe only playing 24 to 28 minutes. Um, but it, it just depends. I, I mean, against New Orleans, they need him out on the floor for as long as he can handle. Um, there's also some other question marks with, with uh, Denver right now. Is Will Barton going to play? Because if Will Barton sits out again, uh, Jokic is definitely more attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Barton's been playing lights out so recently. Um, but, if, but if he's out, Jokic will have to carry a bigger offensive load. So here's another guy that I think we should be concerned with. He's only in his third NBA season. He's playing. He's on track to play more minutes than he ever has played before previously. Um, and I don't got to tell you guys that, like, you know, he's 6'10", 250 pounds, um, and this is a new thing that he's putting on those ankles, on those knees. And just to put it bluntly, um, you know, how, how much longer can he – uh, hold up over the course of an NBA season where he's expected not only to play more minutes than he ever has, but his usage rate is is as high as it's ever been since he's played professional basketball. So, um, you know, 
if I own Jokic, I'm concerned a little bit just for the longevity of this season, just because we've never seen him do it before. We've never seen him play at this level before. Um, so, you know, kudos to you if you have him. He's still been super valuable. But I don't I don't know with players like Porzingis. And you can even maybe throw Oladipo into that mix. I know he's had higher usage rates uh, in the past in the Magic, but all these young guys are really good and really great. But it's just they've just never done this before. They've never well, played this long before. Is Jokic becoming a worse injury risk than Anthony Davis? That's no. a fair question. No, I mean it's a inter- you can at least entertain the question. I don't know. You, no. you, I mean, certainly Anthony Davis is like the the poster child for injury risk. But well, well DJ, I have a different question because the guys oh, like Kawhi Leonard have missed more time. It's it's it just depends. There hasn't been a major injury with Jokic yet, so I'm not worried about it. We're not far enough into his career where you can even say that. Got it. All right. Thank you, Shannon. DJ, I have a question for you. Yeah. What is new in daily fantasy sports? What's new? Sports Yard, the latest daily fantasy soccer entertainment platform offering fun, fast, and fair contests, Ken. Uh, Sports Yard brings <laughs> an enhanced platform with the fastest real-time participant point total updates, high-quality user-friendly application, fun and engaging graphics, and a level playing field that will allow beginners the same opportunity to win as the experts through transparent contest offerings. Create your dream team roster with no salary cap, track your point standings in real time, and feel like you're walking the sideline. It's easy to play, easy to win with SportsYard lightning fast interface and clear and current ranking system. SportsYard has signed a deal with Opta, which is the number one data provider for live scores. The company actually plans to grow outside of the U.S. to the U.K., Spain, Australia, and Ireland. Go to www.sportsyard.com to sign up to play for free. Now, before we get to our broad topics, yes, sir, mm-hmm. I need to bring up Chris Dunn again. And just, oh. and just mention, okay. just right. mention, over go the past ahead. nine games, over the past nine games, Chris Dunn is averaging sixteen points, five point three rebounds, seven point one assists, two point one steals, and one three. He's shooting thirty nine percent from downtown and forty seven percent from the floor. His free throw percentage is still garbage, but I'm telling you, this guy is a different player than what we saw last year. He's he's owned in 70% of Yahoo leagues. If you're in one of the leagues where he's still available, you have to pick him up. He should be owned in every format. He's really how, starting. How many games back were you going? Nine games, the past nine games. Nine games, okay. I mean, do you want me? To, I don't want to trample. I mean, you're right. These stats are great. I love guys that average, you know, even 12, 5, and 5 and combine for at least two total between steals and blocks. Like, those are the type of players I target. I mean, that is kind of like a Gordon Hayward, a Tyreek Evans when he's at his best stat line. And those are the guys I really, really like to have for fantasy. Rudy Gay is kind of another one. Um, and again, I'm talking about peak their careers, um, obviously. So, I mean, I'm coming around to him. I mean, you know me. I, it takes me a few years before I'm sold on a player and Chris Dunn certainly has not put together a long enough stretch for me to invest in him um, but I'll happily let you die on that hill yeah, he's no Nick Young <laughs> <laughs> nice. alright fair enough man you, you bring up Nick Young for one podcast and then the whole rest of the season he won't let you forget it inexcusable alright guys let's get into the heart of today's podcast now at some point on this Friday like I teased at the beginning of the podcast Nick Whalen Rotowire Senior or Rotowire's NBA editor, uh, will be publishing an NBA roundtable. We're about a third of the way through the season. He asked some questions, and one of the ones I'd like to talk about today um, 
is this one. One player you hope gets traded before the deadline for fantasy reasons, either to get him a better situation or clear the way for somebody else. Now, while you guys are recollecting what you answered on that question, um, some of the other questions that you can find on that article that we probably won't talk about today, but again, go check out rotowire.com. It should be posted when you're hearing this. Who has been the most pleasant fantasy surprise player thus far which players were you high on coming into the season who has disappointed thus far other than donovan mitchell which rookie has surprised you the most entertaining question here that we probably might have to get into a little bit uh which breakout player is most likely to regress to the mean over the course of the remainder of the season victor oladipo aaron gordon or andre drummond and then the last one if you're starting a standard dynasty league tomorrow, who would you take with the number one pick? And let's assume you'll play it out for at least the next five years. All right, guys, let's get into the question that I did ask. Um, one player you hope gets traded before the deadline for fantasy reasons, Shannon. I think this is an obvious answer that at least half the experts will will, will all agree with. It's Nerlens. Nerlens Noel. Wow, okay. He, as a rookie, he averaged almost four combined steals and blocks. He was basically a walking double-double those first two years in Philly. He just hasn't got the run since he moved to Dallas. But, and but isn't, isn't the lack of play in Dallas because he's hurt, not because of... No, uh, no, he's, no he already was out of favor with Rick Carlisle. Yeah, I mean, he was before, before his injury, he was only playing 12 minutes a game, and, and even he was racking up DMPs before, prior to the injury, too. I mean, he... He started the season in the in the starting lineup and quickly fell out of favor. Um, he needs to go to a team that'll hand him thirty minutes. He can certainly help plenty of teams that need interior defense. So it's just to me, he's the one player who would go from basically not worth owning at all in fantasy to a mm-hmm. top fifty upside. And Ken, you're right. We his shouldn't thumb, dismiss. His thumb has him out till the end of December, by the way. But right. Yes. So here's here's where Shannon and I kind of land on that. Remember when Eric Bledsoe was, you know, had like a thigh injury for right. the whole second right. half of last season? Right. Not just... not to say that it's the exact same thing, but it's it's it was very clear at the beginning of the season that Nerlens Noel fell out of favor with Rick Carlisle. Um, the whole hot dog incident, going into the media room during halftime, grabbing a hot dog, and going back to the locker room—that was room. after he like basically started racking up DNPs. Like, yeah, that was a was cry already, for help. That was he a cry was already for help. out of He knew exactly what he was doing going into the tubed, media room. Tube to meat. Tube to meat is always a cry for help. I think that's a great answer, Shannon, because you're right. It's somebody who who has the fantasy value. We've we've seen it before, um, and isn't it hilarious that you know the question back in the day is it Nerlens Noel, is it Okafor, is it Embiid? Clearly, the answer was Embiid when we thought you know it was it was all up in the air. Um, but yeah, how, now, now Noel's injury though. Let's be very clear. He actually had surgery on the ninth. Yes. So yes. him him being out now, it's not so much blood. So where they were. You know, yeah, it was a little dinged up, but also they're mad at him. He was already out of the rotation. He was already sitting down when when he when the surgery happened. It's also it's a torn ligament in his left thumb, non shooting hand. Honestly, it's probably something he could have played through, um, or something that he can return from quickly. Uh, he's not the type of player who who needs his left hand. It's not, not <laughs> uh, you know. Right. Sorry, he's just That's not. Yeah. So uh, he's just only expected. He's do with offensive linemen just tape the whole thing up into a ball. I mean, four Go to back. six weeks means he's going to be back like basically January first. So I I'm not worried about it. And if I'm a team that can get him at a discount, a team that really needs interior defense, like say the Bucks. There's been rumors about the Bucks chasing DeAndre Jordan. Why not? Why why trade? 
a, mm-hmm. a building piece like Jabari Parker for DeAndre Jordan when you can get Nerlens for a second round pick. Great point, Shannon. That is a mm-hmm. very, very good point because they do essentially the same things, and that's that's a really good point, Shannon. I do like you think, your answer. Do you think he- Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Ken, I like your answer that you've got here if you want to pass yours along. Ah, well, I'm going to go with uh, Willie Hernan Gomez. He was supposed to be part of the future for the Knicks, uh, but Cantor's getting all his minutes. Uh, yeah, eating some DNPs. I think he has Al Horford upside. I'd love to see him in Atlanta or Dallas. Uh, anyway, so I hope the Knicks deal him. That's, that's a good one, Ken. I agree with you. I mean, we saw it last year. When he when he overtook, you know, once he got inserted into the yeah. starting lineup and started playing twenty plus minutes a game, he was he was a walking double double. Even just just on December fourth, he was able to play seventeen minutes against Indiana, and he had 14, mm-hmm. 14 and ten in those seventeen minutes. I mean, that's he he's just immediately permanent like productive player who would be great fantasy asset if he's playing twenty five plus minutes a game. Yeah, your prototypical low double double guy for sure. I mean, at at the very minimum, your Jonas Valanciunas for sure. Like he would be all of Valanciunas and maybe more. I think is is what you could expect out of him. And it's kind of weird. I mean, Ken, you and I traded for him, or I traded yeah. him to you. He was one of the pieces that you know you're in a rebuilding phase. And yeah. back then, it certainly seemed like you know you were getting a piece. And not to say that I I was unwilling to let him go because I obviously gave him to you, but I was kind of you know holding on to him for, for, for good reason. And I mean, I, I'm kind of happy that I got rid of him now, but um, I mean, do you even consider getting rid of him or, or like after the trade le- deadline, if he's still on the Knicks, is he still going to be on your keeper league roster? Uh, well, I mean, uh, since I am in tank mode, I've got all summer to think about it. So I'm not, I, I'm definitely, you know, keeping him throughout the season. I think I'm good enough to avoid the last place uh, finish punishment uh, so yeah, I'm definitely holding on to him. Uh, though certainly hoping for uh, a, a trade deadline deal. We'll see. I mean, with the Knicks, the bigger surprise, not Cantor. Like it's not a surprise that Cantor's playing over her. Not no, Gomez. it's Quinn. It's O'Quinn, right? Yeah, so, O'Quinn. Yeah. I, actually, if O'Quinn gets traded and those 15 to 20 minutes are handed to Hernan Gomez, then you don't even need Hernan Gomez to get traded. With Big Willie will be fine if he gets 20 minutes a game. He can provide some fantasy value. Yeah, it's it's just tough for Hernan Gomez because him and Cantor are basically the same player and they can never be on the court at the same time together right. because that essentially means you'd be playing Porzingis at the three. That makes absolutely no sense. And you could argue that the Knicks are most efficient when they have Porzingis at the five. Right. And then, of course, you know, it's just it's a, a terrible dynamic for Hernan Gomez. It might actually be one of the worst places he could be at in the whole league um, because Ooh. you have that Porzingis-Cantor uh, uh, dynamic going on. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. answer here, guys, has been the same for multiple years. So I'm going to hold true here. Shannon's already shaking his head. Uh, <laughs> I, I got a little bombastic with this one, but I, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, Will Barton has been my answer to this question for multiple years, and I'm still holding firm, like I said. I believe that he'd be a top 20 fantasy option if he were playing for Atlanta, Brooklyn, Chicago, Dallas, LA Clippers, or Sacramento right now. Now, we've seen glimmers still in Denver. He's finally getting that playing time. Danilo Gallinari out of the picture, but Wilson Chandler is still there, and you still have somebody like Jokic, who is a non-typical ball handler handling the ball. If Will Barton was your basically your ball handler for any team, as we've seen him do um, in the past when Denver has been decimated 
associated with injuries. He just fills up every single stat line. And what I love most is that for a shooting guard eligible player, you know, he can average a block, block and a half per game if he's seeing 28 minutes on the court, um, three pointers, everything all over the place. He he's that guy for me that if he just was on a terrible team, he he would fill it up everywhere. Shannon. No, and I don't disagree with you on that front. My my only problem with it is with that pick is the fact that he's already a top 60 fantasy player. And over the past two weeks, he's been a top 30 fantasy player. I mean, he's been lights out since Jokic went to went, went uh, into the, the MASH unit. Uh, you've, got, you've got 16 points, 6.5 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 2.7 stocks, two threes. I mean, he's been lights out. He's a very productive player. And even with Jokic back, he's going to continue to be top 60, top 70 fantasy value. So, yes, if you trade him to a horrible team and he's the number one option, he's going to improve his fantasy value. But that those trades also don't make sense. Like, why would, Dal- why would Dallas or Atlanta trade for Barton? I- I'm not sure what his contract situation is, but he's not, he's not a spring chicken. They're not gonna. They're not gonna he's try 26. to. Twenty six. Yes, that's not a spring chicken. Contracts are gonna... longer than five years, so he'd he'd only be at a he's place. Got, he signed he's a. Free. You really think he's a player that an NBA team's gonna build around and have him be their focal point or their two their number two player? Well, he'll be coming on an expiring contract soon because yep. uh, he signed a three year, only eleven million dollar deal with the Nuggets in July of twenty fifteen. So, um, I. I, I don't know about a focal point, but I'm just saying he's the guy that runs the offense um, when he's on the court and is able to do so. I So here's the thing that I actually put higher than top 20 on my first draft of this. I put top 10 um, if you were playing for those teams just because he fills it up in every single category. Um, and so maybe that's where I was getting more bombastic. But, I mean, he already is a top 60 player on a team that has, you know, two ball-handling guys already. I, I can't imagine what he'd do if he was the only player on the team um, that should and could be handling the ball. Here's crazy thought. I actually think Dallas or Denver is a pretty good fit for him because they actually don't have a ball handler. Like they don't have a point sure. guard. You have Jamal Murray. You have Gary Harris. You have Jokic. You don't even really have a real point guard on that team. So he gets to handle the ball more than he would in other scenarios. That's a good point. All right, guys. Uh, I mentioned some of the other questions. Is there one in particular that you'd like to talk about on this pod? Hmm. Hmm. For, for uh, dynasty pick, number one dynasty pick. Right, I yeah. think everyone's going to have the exact same answer. Not true. Well, I know it's not true. That's because you love Nick Young that much. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so my answer to that question. Um, How's the answer not Giannis? How well, is the answer not Giannis? Well, I I did mention Giannis in my in my question, but I said I'm deciding between Kevin Durant and Giannis, and the reason why I ultimately chose Kevin Durant is because he has a clear. A clear, in fact, an overwhelming um, edge over Giannis when it comes to three-pointers and free-throw percentage. And I'm not willing to throw away two whole categories uh, to go with Giannis, even though over the next five years, Giannis could um, certainly be better than Durant when it comes to points and rebounds. Um, But just an overwhelming edge in three-pointers and free-throw percentage. So um, I'm going to go with Durant for this question. Durant's 29 years old. No, That's six years. Six years ahead of John Giannis. Yeah, and, and I'm okay with that because he's incredibly efficient and he shoots three pointers. And at the line, he boosts your average, whereas Giannis is actually probably probably going to bring down your overall average in, in free throw percentage. And so it, it's tough, guys. When I want a player, I want a player that's going to help me in every single category. If if he's my number one overall pick for a dynasty league, Giannis well, five years out. He yeah, said five years out. Yeah. 
Well, you guys are looking at the fifth no, year. You got to look I'm looking at, year at year one. Two, one. Three. I'm looking at year one too. Giannis is already, depending on the rankings you look at, he's top three to top five this season for fantasy value. Mm-hmm. Top three to top five already. The dude is three years away from his peak, and he's already arguably like the second best fantasy option that you can have this season. The, he's the only answer. It's it, there's no debate. You shouldn't even have to like explain why he's your pick. You just put Giannis, and that's the, that's the answer. You so why did Nick, Nick. why did Nick ask the question? Obviously, there's some room to say he not Giannis. To, he wanted to see if there was anyone foolish enough <laughs> to not name not Giannis. A humiliate DJ question. Wow. All right. Well, uh, man, I wish we could set this up a five year long bet, but um, no, sure, I don't want to have a five year bet. I don't want to commit five years to almost anything all right guys um ken whoa whoa you just, says you the guy who just got engaged well yeah, yeah that was obvious <laughs> that was very obvious uh i don't think my fiance listens to this podcast anymore um, my wife sure does it my wife sure <laughs> all right ken why don't you give us your crazy old man rant yeah well actually sorry rant fans but i've got nothing but love today because last night was my son's 18th birthday we went to his favorite local pizza place, and while we're sitting there, he gets a notice on his phone from Northwestern University, my alma mater, that told him that he has been accepted nice. into the class of 2022 at good old Northwestern University. So we went absolutely bonkers. I was going to use some profanity there, but we went absolutely bonkers in the middle of this pizza joint. It was just so awesome. I am so happy. I am dressed in purple, head to toe this morning, including my huge Northwestern slippers. You know, if I think about it, there is one small complaint I probably can make here in the rant. Uh, NBA 2K18 leaked Nike's City Edition jerseys. Please Google uh, to see them. A few of them are really ugly. In particular, there's three that are just nasty. The Mavs have added some. Seahawks neon green garbage that looks terrible. The Nets have added actual uh, basketball netting lines to their jersey that makes them look like they have breasts. Uh, Very awkward. (laughs) The worst, though, the worst, hands down. The Magic have this laughable sparkle in space Doug Henning blouse they're going to be wearing for games. Oh, please Google that. It is wretched. Uh, I also mentioned Utah, for some reason, has a jersey that looks like the Houston Astros. But the the Doug Henning sparkle in space jersey for the Magic is just tragic. I think the players should protest. Uh, but congratulations to Sam on going to Northwestern. I got two things to say quick. I'm all for you know Nike pushing the edge and, and going to the limit and see j- truly how far you can go with jerseys because you know I'm tired of just like the solid colors and, and the numbers and whatnot. Secondly... I'm happy for Sam. Very happy for him. Don't get me wrong, Ken. But does this yeah. mean you're going to be around Madison more often? Yes, it does, yes. baby. Right. That's what I'm get- That's what I'm taking out of this. Every home no offense, back-to-back Sam. Northwestern football game, I'll be spending All the right. week in Madison between right. those games. No offense, Sam, but that that's what I'm most happy about. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So- yeah, no, I, Ken, congrats. And, and then I just also want to offer up that I like the City Edition jerseys. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I, There's some I, I good ones in there. There's some good ones, but I, you know, as part of the rant, I have to point out the heinous ones. Yeah, the Utah ones are interesting. I, I like the jerseys themselves, but I, I guess I need to look further into why they decided to go with like burnt yellows and burnt oranges. Yeah, um, why, why do they stay on those colors? But I'm serious. I want to start trending um, 
for those that magic jersey, Doug Henning Blouse. You're too old, DJ, to know, know who I Doug Henning was. No, I don't. But hashtag Henning Blouse. The Sacramento mm. is on point. Yeah. Sacramento yeah, is cool. cool. on point. It has the old Kansas City colors. It's awesome. The light blue. Yeah, that I like. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the Cleveland's might actually be the worst. I hate Cleveland. Yeah, you don't like the it. land? No. Oh, they say that that phrase though the land in Cleveland's very well, popular. No, I I'm I'm perfectly fine with the land. I just don't really know. It I mean it kind of Are you the looking at Brooklyn look though? Anemic. I mean, look like, at Brooklyn. Am I wrong about the the net striping giving I like them the nets, a feminine I like the curve. nets one. I like the net stri- striping. I don't like the magic one. I think that's a little bit too much. Um <laughs> I think it's just bad cuz like these are animated blouse. pictures of them and I I don't think the nets one yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's like a one of those mental images that you look at and it turns into a new picture or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I like them. Overall, I like them. Boston's. That's why you're mad, Ben. Or, or Boston's ben, gray. Boston, Boston needs to stop the gray. Boston the, shouldn't even have the one. The Boston one doesn't even look like it's a special jersey. It's just no, a Boston jersey. No. It's a and gray they have, Boston jersey. The, some, the some organizations under- shouldn't have... They just shouldn't have alternate jerseys. Like, Boston just should not have alternate jerseys. God, you sound like a Yankees fan. Wow. All right, fellas. You probably guessed this by now, but fantasy basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. Fantasy basketball for the everyday fan. They have new contests starting every day, which means no busted seasons for you Kawhi Leonard owners out there. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from, starting even at just $1. All you do is pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. We love FanDuel so much, so we're going to spend the whole next segment talking about our Friday FanDuel picks. We're three of over 2.5 million players that have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. Big slate tonight, guys, on the Friday FanDuel slate. I'll kick it off since we were just talking about the Magic's new unis. They are also dealing with a ton, a ton of injuries. Two guys that I have pinpointed in this injury-riddled streak for them have been Jonathan Simmons, who's $6,700 tonight, and Nikola Vucevic at $9,800. Simmons, because a lot of the guys that are hurt are are, directly play the same wing position that Simmons does, and Vucevic just because a lot of the usage that has fallen away has gone directly to him. So even though $9,800 is a pretty steep price uh, to pay for a non-superstar, if you will, uh, he's been balling. Is there anybody else on the Magic, Shannon, that you have invested in Alfred Payton was a guy I've used, but he really hasn't seen the upward usage like I thought. Mario. Mario. Go Go, Yeah, I mean, Mario Hazonia. All right, so Simmons is the only guy from the Magic I'm definitely targeting tonight. Sure. Um, With with Foynier out, he's just an obvious play. He's still affordable at 6,700. The other option, as Ken subtly hinted at, Mario (laughs) Hazonia um, is coming off a monster game, but he only holds value if Aaron Gordon's out. Um, And I believe Aaron Gordon is still questionable. Game time decision. Um, yeah, let yeah, me just run through those real quick. Terrence Ross out, Fournier out, Aaron Aflalo game time decision, Aaron Gordon game time decision, Jonathan Isaac game time decision. But if Aaron Gordon comes back, Vooch and, and Hazonia Correct. are a lot less appealing. Correct. So I, I need to see the news on Aaron Gordon before I make a move on either of those two players. Um, both 
are decent options or very good options if Aaron Gordon's out. The only the only concern I have about Hazonia is his price has increased dramatically over the past couple of days. Um, he was a minimum price player just earlier this week, and now he's up to about five thousand. So the value that was built in is almost gone now. Like you need him to produce. 30 points for him to hold value. Ken, I'll let you step in and be the first to answer this next question. Another team that is dealing with just a ton of injuries, and we have out statuses all over the place here. The Los Angeles Clippers in Washington to face the Wizards. Here are all the players that have been listed out. Gallinari, of course, Griffin, Beverly, Austin Rivers, and this is a new one. Teodosic is also out tonight. Oh, no. I know. You listed him. <laughs> that, that is a very new development. Oh, that um, has been like the last 10 minutes. Yeah. It, oh, it literally was in the last 10 minutes. So I'm looking up and down our projected starters. Um, we we have those have four of them. Yeah, we only have four of them because this is brand new news. But there's a bunch of guys I've never even heard of. We've got C.J. Williams. Who is this guy? Jamil Wilson. I know he played at Marquette. Um, do you even touch you know these guys you've never even heard of, Ken? Or is it not worth it? Are the Clippers just to stay away entirely? Well, what about Sundarius Thornwell? Is he the only guard they have? I I did. I was literally just about to recommend Milos for tonight's game, so I'm totally unprepared for this. But I guess Thornwell, if he's healthy. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be the Wesley Johnson show. No way! It's never. There's. It has. has never it's already existed. happened. It's already happened this season. Oh man! And with absolutely everyone else gone, like Thornwell. Thornwell's already played significant minutes in multiple games, and he doesn't do much with it. That's true. Like he's out there, he hustles, whatever. You know, he, do you notice we we don't even have. Uh, a shooting guard listed on the Clippers starting lineup. We're That's still trying to figure it's it out. It's literally happening right now. The, right, fine, the right. fine breaking news crew here at Rotowire are determining that right now. So if, if you are actually on at 1022 Central Time right now, you will notice that we are thinking in the Rotowire office of who the heck is going to start. I think it'll be uh, Thornwell. So the funny thing is, a lot of people might be screaming into the wherever they're listening right now DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan. For me, and I think you guys will agree, he's just not that type of player. You could have everybody out and have the four worst players on the Clippers aside him. He's just not the type of player that's going to all of a sudden rack up a bunch of production because he's the best player on the court. He's not that type of player. He needs a facilitator out there to open things up for him. Would you agree with that, Shannon? Well, he certainly does need a facilitator, but at the same time, over the past six games, I mean, he's been lights out. He's averaging 14 and 17 with a block and a half. So, I mean, his production has increased due to all the injuries on the Clippers. Is he going to have, he doesn't have that playmaker for tonight's game. So that's going to worry me somewhat, but at the same time, he's going to play, you know, 35 to 40 minutes and and get 15 to 20 rebounds. So I think he's a safe play, um, but I wouldn't expect him to go out there and score 30 points because he just can't do that. Yeah. Tough stuff in LA. I, I just, I mean, I, I don't even know. I mean, they're all bottom barrel guys. We're going to see spread out ownership of each one of those guys. And if, if you want to roll with Wesley Johnson, you know, be my guest. You're going to save some money. Um, and I, I guarantee you that the winning lineup tonight will have a clipper, but I have no confidence in saying which one of those clippers is So, DJ, be. Other, side of the, other side of the ball, you've got John Wall returning from injury. He's got one game under his belt. He's at 9,100, which may be the cheapest he is all season. Do we ignore Wall gradually coming back from injury and think he's just going to abuse whatever uh, G League guy is going to be across from him? Well, the concern there is that 
in his first game, just a he was on a minutes restriction of 24 minutes, and I'd be afraid that he'd be, you know be on that again tonight. Not only that, but I'm not always convinced that guys like Wall or Beal are good plays against G League teams, like you said, Ken, because I just don't think they're motivated the to challenge. go out there and, and, and play as hard as they can. They know they're going to win the game, just coast, you know, win and, and ride off into the sunset. So I, when a team is when an opposing team is this bad. I don't even know that I target the super size on the other si- superstars on the other side of the court. Yeah, I, there's certainly blowout potential here, and it could get ugly early. Um, and you'll see guys like Beal and Wall not play that many minutes. So, so maybe I mean I might even consider a guy like Ubre more so than yeah. I would on on other nights. Great point. Just because of that blowout Ooh, yeah, potential, because yeah. um, people are going to be targeting the Wizards uh, against such a, a broken, beaten down team. So it, it's tough. It's tough, but. I'm not going to target those higher-priced Wizard players tonight. Who else are you targeting tonight, Chan? So we focused in on a couple of teams here, um, but what are some one-off players around the rest of the league? Because, again, it's it's a massive slate tonight that you're going to be zoning in on. I mean, the most attractive matchup is Denver Nuggets versus the New Orleans Pelicans. They have the highest over-under. It's at 225. That's about seven points higher than the next game. So it's it's like by far going to be the highest-scoring game. Um, you've got interesting choices on both sides. The one guy I really like, I like Gary Harris and Jamal Murray. Mentioned them both earlier. Specifically, if Will Barton sits, I think those two are going to have monster games. 6,400 for Harris, 57 for Murray. Um, if Barton gets back, I'll probably move off one of them, not necessarily both, but but Murray would be the one I'd, I'd be more, uh, more likely to move off of. But I love those two a lot. And then anyone from the Pelicans has been good. I mean, Etwan Moore has been lights out. Drew, Drew Holiday has been lights out. Um, you know, even Rondo has been pretty good. So you can't really go wrong. Just to tie up our discussion here, a lot of news is breaking as we're, as we're having this pod. Aaron Gordon, um, with that concussion, will start in Friday's game against Portland. There we go. So, Shannon, if you just want to mm-hmm. recap what you said about the Simmons. Magic. Simmons is, Mario. Yeah, Simmons is the one. I, I'm avoiding Mario Hazonia. I'll back uh, off of Vucevic for sure as well. Yeah, it's uh, just Gordon's, Gordon's going to handle more of the scoring load. We saw with Vooch the last couple games, like his usage was through the roof. He even had that big triple-double with 30-plus points a few nights ago. Um, Simmons will still – Simmons is locked into the starting lineup. He's going to see a lot more shots than he was two weeks ago, so he's still the one play I, w- I would recommend. So, gentlemen, I need a bigger name advice here. I was looking at Giannis thinking he's going to blow out the Bulls, but I'm having real trouble with that 12500 salary. Do I go Simmons and spend more elsewhere? I I think I like picking one of Davis or Cousins. Um, like Shannon said, high over under. Um, you look at the highest usage rates on each of those teams, and it's Davis and Cousins, and that's I like that. I mean, I mean, Cousins right now and Davis right now can can put up just as many points Giannis can. And if you're going to tell me that I can basically get a thousand more dollars and a point total that will at the end of tonight be the same as Giannis, so I'd kind of look there. Harden against San Antonio, I don't like that much because I really think that there are certain games throughout the season um, where a coach like Greg Popovich does want to throw some stuff at Harden just to see how he reacts and keeps it in mind later on for the postseason. So um, I think that uh, the kitchen sink is going to get thrown at Harden tonight, so he might have a tough matchup against San Antonio. Yeah, our top three scorers fantasy point-wise on FanDuel for the night are Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Giannis is 
is fifth, um, just behind Embiid. But when you're looking at over-unders, and, and the, I mean, the matchup's appealing for Giannis, but the over-unders lower than what you see with that Denver-New Orleans game um, and the OKC-Philly game. Um, so I would go Russ, DeMarcus, or, or, or Cousin, or Davis, sorry. So the one, the one uh, player that I'll throw out there, too, if you're looking to spend a lot of money, Ken, is, uh, I can't believe I'm doing this for you, Shannon, but it's Andre Drummond, who's going up against the Pacers tonight. So far this season, the Pacers have far and away been the worst team in, when it comes to FanDuel points allowed, given up to centers. On average, to the center position, they're giving up 47 FanDuel points, whereas the next team is only giving up 44. Now, I know that seems like only a three-point difference, but when looking over the averages, pretty much all teams are within five points of each other, and then you have Indiana sticking out like a, you know, like a sore thumb, three points ahead of everybody else. When we're talking about Andre Drummond, who's been one of the best centers in the league so far this year it seems like the perfect storm for him to go out there and you know I hate to say this but like a 60 point game is not out of question Shannon one concern is he played last night so it's the second game of back-to-back I do like the matchup I think he'll be productive but I also think there's plenty of risk with Andre at 9400 you know you're you're playing paying top tier value for him but you need him to end up hitting those high 50 or 60 point nights which yeah he's done it with some frequency this year but he still has plenty of 30 and 40 point nights mixed in i don't think he's a lock i i would probably go elsewhere and just pay the extra money for boogie for tonight all right, guys, we got to get out of here so we can post this thing and our fine listeners can actually listen to the advice that we're giving to them for later on this Friday. Real quick, before we get out of here, K-Train's mispronounced names. This was like your average standard performance K-Train, uh, uh, performance from K-Train. Um, Nikola Jokic instead of Jokic, but he's been doing that forever. Can't I can't expect him to change that now. And then you said Kyle Quinn instead of Kyle Loquin. So pretty much a run-of-the-mill pod for Ken today. <laughs> you should, should have been keeping track of mine because I think I – I mean, there were like ten. Wor- there were about seven or eight words that I just couldn't even handle today. Yeah, I, I almost did. I almost did. Anyways, thanks so much for joining on this fantasy basketball podcast presented by FanDuel. Unless Shannon wants to give us some Star Wars spoilers, Ken, I'll let you outro us out here. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. All right, all right. No spoilers. All right. Well, uh, I didn't prepare well, so I just frantically did a search just now. I'm re- so we're gonna go back to the well of good old Charles Barkley who I loved that when he made fun of the old Portland jailblazers, one of his quotes was, well, you know, in between arrest, they do community service. (laughs) Just like the three of us, gentlemen. And with that, this three-car fantasy train wreck has reached the (laughs) end of the line. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.